Hello and welcome back to the weekly rundown from the Minnesota Daily. I am your host, Anna Landis, our sports editor, with episode 41. Today I'm here with Michael Line, our men's hockey reporter, to discuss the end of the men's hockey season at the Frozen Four last weekend in Boston, Massachusetts, which Michael was able to travel to and report from live. Hi, Michael. Hi, Anna. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. It was a fun week in Boston, also a long one. Right. Um, So to recap, the men's hockey team went on a deep postseason run, making it to the final weekend of competition at the Frozen Four. How did they do in the regular season leading up to that point? Yeah, the regular season for the Gophers this year was quite the roller coaster. They started in the first half with a record of 10-8 and at the halfway mark, so at winter break. And then when they came back from winter break, uh, to finish out the season in the second half, they had a 13 and three record in the second half to finish 23 and 11 on the season before playoffs, um, including an eight and0 run in February. Um, so February was really nice to them. but overall the season was just a roller coaster because Jack Lafontaine, their starting goaltender, left uh, midseason in January and Justin Close had to come in. He never had really any experience. He played minimally in games, but he never had started a game in his first three years here up until that point, um, and he was great for them. And then also the Olympians leave, Matthew Nyes, Ben Myers, Brock Faber. They all left for a little bit there in the second half, and then just there weren't really any bad COVID issues this year, which was nice for them. Um, but they did have to deal with injuries as well. Right. And then kind of the uh, end of the regular season, then they fell to Michigan uh, in the Big Ten Championship at home. Um, but after that, they were selected uh, in the selection show to continue playing in the postseason in the Worcester Regional. Which opponents did they face there? Um, and sort of how did those games play out? Yeah, so in the Wooster Regional, they played Massachusetts first. And so the Gophers were the number two seed in the regional, and Massachusetts was number three. In that first game, they had a comeback win, scoring three unanswered goals to win 4-3 in overtime. So they won that game, and they moved on to play Western Michigan in the Wooster Regional Final, and then... They also won that game 3-0. So two great games for them in the Wooster Regional to move on to the Frozen Four, which was their first appearance since 2014. Right, and with their appearance in the Wooster Regional, um, by making it to that point, they did reach a historic milestone. They became the first team in college hockey history to play in 39 NCAA tournaments um, following their selection to that point. But once they arrived in Boston, um, unfortunately, they only played one game that weekend um, before being eliminated from the hunt. So how did that game sort of play out? They were facing Minnesota State Mankato, which is a very strong in-state team. And the Gophers actually scored first, which may have been surprising for people, not what they might have expected against the Mavericks. But how did that game play out? Minnesota State started off real quick. They were actually a quicker team than I thought they were. Mm-hmm. I knew they were going to be aggressive, but they were really coming at the Gophers, making it really hard for them to 
even get pucks in the offensive zone. The Gophers spent a lot of time in their defensive zone in that first period. But then there was just a mistake um, near the midway point of that first period. Um, Andy Carroll and Benton Mass um, had a little miscommunication somewhere along the lines near their own blue line. And junior Bryce Brodzinski picked up the puck to create a two on O on Dryden McKay. Brodzinski gave it to Nyes. Nyes gave it back to Brodzinski. And Brodzinski gave it back to Nyes, and he buried it on the open net. Yeah, uh, McKay did beautiful goal. Beautiful goal. McKay didn't really have any chance at it. I mean, when it's a two-on-o like that, goalie's left out to dry. It's yeah, not really a lot hard, you can do. Hard to save. And so the Gophers took a 1-0 lead in that first period despite being outshot 11-4. to Yeah. And then from there it was – downhill it, it sort of was downhill so in addition to um some you know being very aggressive toward the gophers in terms of maybe defensive wise um minnesota state was very strong offensively they forced a lead change uh in the second to a 2-1 game so what sort of happened in that like six minute span in the second where that all kind of broke down minnesota state just kept coming and kept coming and then those goals just finally came for them and they were interesting goals there were two wraparound goals Mm -hmm. you don't see those happen too often especially alone in games like these yeah Um, so they scored two wraparound goals in the second period and that really shifted the game in their hands just because minnesota state was outplaying the gophers up until that point easily they just Mm -hmm. couldn't get anything past close and then with Close being a little bit of a smaller goaltender, having him to move side to side, that's how you're going to beat him, and that's how they did it with those two wraparound goals. Right. So then after Close has already sort of taken these two wraparound goals, which are really, you know, like you said, not really par for the course in one game, then there were three more unanswered goals in the third. So what happened there? Yeah, so collectively it was – it was five unanswered goals yeah. against the Gophers, which is very unfortunate. The third one was bad. Basically, in my mind, I was thinking the Gophers have to score the next goal yeah. to, to be in this game. Otherwise, it's going to get out of hand. And right. They didn't get that third goal. Uh, or they didn't get the second goal to tie it up. Right, 2-2. they didn't respond. Yeah. They didn't respond, and Minnesota State made it 3-1, and that – Third goal Minnesota State scored was really early on in the third period. Yeah. It was maybe not even two minutes Mm -hmm. into the third period, and it was a deflected goal from the point, from the blue line. That's hard to save as a goalie, so Close really didn't have much of a chance there as well. And then the fourth one, it was another just unbelievable goal. It was in the slot, and uh, David Silly just – ripped it past close into the upper left corner of the net and there's not much you can do when no one's gonna get in front of that shot and it's just clean look from point blank almost yeah and then they did have at the end of that they had a empty net goal yeah yeah just to really cement that 5-1 win so right so minnesota just you know looking at the score 5-1 they were really 
not active at all offensively like what exactly contributed to that like was it just purely goaltending from Dryden McKay or what all sort of factored into that it was a mix I'd say of their defense and just Mm -hmm. offense like the Gophers just were trapped a lot of the times they would barely get it out of their own zone and then they would have it in the neutral zone and Sometimes they would get it deep, but it would come right back out. And yeah. Minnesota State would be pouncing against them right back. And it just made it really hard because Minnesota State played so well, and the Gophers just couldn't get any sort of good amounts of zone time. Yeah. It just seemed like it was always in the neutral zone or on the Gophers' end of the ice for a good amount of the game. Yeah. And, you know, this now marks the second year in a row that we have had our season end at the hands of Minnesota State. So it does sort of seem that, you know, that is sort of the litmus test for sort of where they have to be and, like, what they have to improve to to be able to compete at that Frozen Four level. Now that the season is over, there has been a lot of movement, um with some players entering the transfer portal, some players signing NHL contracts, um, and there are still some players who we don't know if they are moving, but they may go to a different school or the NHL. So what is that looking like? Yeah, the transfer portal, as of right now, senior Matt Denman and juniors Johnny Sorensen and Jack Perbix are all in the transfer portal. Seniors Ben Brinkman and Grant Crookshank both entered the transfer portal, but they've already transferred schools. So Brinkman is going to Notre Dame. He's going to be playing there next fall. And then for Crookshank, he's going to St. Cloud State University for his fifth year. And in terms of NHL contracts, senior Blake McLaughlin signed his entry-level contract with the Anaheim Ducks. And then Junior co-captain Ben Myers, unrestricted free agent, is headed to the Colorado Avalanche. That was announced Wednesday, and he's joining the best team in the NHL, so good for him. That's really exciting uh, position to be, and he's actually set to make his debut tonight, which is Saturday, April 16th, uh, for the Avalanche, so that's just What an exciting year for Ben Myers. Yeah, and uh, he'll be joining former teammate Sampo Ranta, which is pretty exciting, as well as Eric Johnson, who played on the Gophers. And then in terms of Gophers players announcing that they're staying, there are three players that have announced that they are staying for another season with the Gophers, and those three players are Junior Jackson Lacombe. He's an All-American defenseman. So that's just a big component for the Gophers to uh, have on the team next season. Uh, Sophomore Brock Faber is also coming back. He's an Olympian, Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, those two defensemen are going to play significant roles for them next year um, if they want to make a run. And then the last, certainly but not least, is freshman Matthew Nyes, who also happens to be an Olympian. Um, So that's just another huge get for the Gophers. He's a forward, and he's going to provide a lot of goal scoring for them 
Right. And then there are still some players who are undecided as of right now, now that the season's ended. Um, we still don't know exactly where they'll end up, whether they will stay with Minnesota or not. So which players are sort of in that position right now? There are two players, I believe, um, that are in that position right now. The first one is senior co-captain Sammy Walker. He technically has a COVID year to take, so he can stay with the Gophers next year. Don't know if that's going to happen because he's also been drafted to the NHL. Right. So he has opportunity to move on to the next level, but he also has opportunity uh, to stay here another year if he'd like. I don't know if that's totally up to him or Coach Bob Motzko. Right. I'm sure there's going to be a conversation there uh, with Sammy, but that's one that hasn't really had an announcement yet, I guess. And then the second one is uh, junior Ryan Johnson, the defenseman for the Gophers. He was also drafted, just really talented on the back end for the Gophers. And who knows, he could go pro if he wants. Um, But again, haven't heard any news on his decision yet. So just kind of a waiting game with them. Walker uh, was drafted by the Tampa Bay Lightning, but who drafted Ryan Johnson? The Buffalo Sabres. Okay. So if he was signed, he would be able to play uh, in the last few weeks of the regular season, but would be ineligible to play in the playoffs because he signed after the NHL's trade deadline. And that is the case uh, for anyone on the Gophers who would be signing now, uh, that does also apply to Ben Myers. And in addition to covering men's hockey this winter, you also covered women's gymnastics for us at the Daily. So what was their season like? They had a pretty eventful weekend this weekend and through the last couple weeks of their competition as well. Yeah, overall, I'd say the Gophers gymnastics team had a really, really successful season. There was a couple up and down moments throughout the year. Obviously, there was a couple meets that they could have won that they didn't. But overall, I'd say it was very successful. They made it all the way to the NCAA uh, championships semifinals, um, marking the first time that's ever happened in program history in back-to-back seasons. And in that semifinal, so there's two semifinals, session one and session two, The Gophers gymnastics team was in session one. And out of each session, the top two teams advance. Unfortunately for the Gophers, they placed third in their semifinals in session one. Um, But overall, they placed sixth overall of the eight teams left in the NCAA championships. And that was their highest placing ever in program history. So the Gophers women's gymnastics team has lots to be proud of of this year. Sixth place is still really good. It's so hard in gymnastics to even make the NCAA tournament. Yeah. So, I mean, with the highest placing in program history, they got to be pretty proud of that. Yeah, and you're right about, like, how close everything is in gymnastics. Like, whenever I've looked at your stories throughout the season, it's, like, by decimal points of winning and losing. Yeah, and the – NCAA championships took place today, Saturday, April 16th. Oklahoma won the 2022 NCAA championship after totaling 
two points. Um, it's their fifth national championship in eight years. Wow. So who did Minnesota face on Thursday? It was number one, Oklahoma, number four, Utah, number five, Alabama, and we were number eight. Okay. The Gophers gymnastics team was eight. Um, so, yeah, just a lot of good competition there, and it's it's hard to beat top five teams. Yeah. So they competed, and they were very close, but obviously fell a little short. Yeah, and who stood out in competing on that day? Yeah, they had four gymnasts um, collect All-American honors. The first gymnast is fifth-year Hannah Wilmarth. She earned NCAA championships, second team All-American honors on bars. She had a great bar routine at the semifinals. She scored 9.9, which tied her season high uh, on the year. So for a fifth year to do that in her last meet uh, is pretty special. So that was awesome for, for Hannah. Moving on is sophomore Maya Hooten. And she's just incredibly talented for yeah. the Gophers gymnastics team. And they're lucky that she's only a sophomore right yeah. now because she will be fun and very uh, successful moving forward for the gymnastics team. But she earned NCAA championships, second team All-American honors on vault. Um, she scored a team high 9.9 on vault. And she earned first team All-American honors on floor. Mm-hmm where she scored a team high 9.95. Her floor routine is... One of the best in the nation. No doubt about that. Um, So she was just great for them as well. Moving on, another successful uh, day was for fifth year on a loper at the semifinals. She earned NCAA championship second team honors in the all-around after she collected... 39.35 points. And then she also got second team All-American honors on bars. She scored 9.9 on her bar routine. So for her to go out again just to collect those honors is is really special. And then last but certainly not least is one of the greatest gymnasts to ever come through the University of Minnesota, and that's fifth-year Lexi Ramler. She earned NCAA championships, All-American first team honors in the all-around and on bars and beam. In the semifinals, her all-around score was 39.6125. Her bar score was a team high at 9.95. And then her beam score was 9.9375. So she had another just, I mean, Lexi's Lexi, she's, Put up those numbers all year long for them and just yeah. just always provides really good scores for the Gophers gymnastics team. And she went out on a really special way too. The Gophers in the semifinal closed out on bars and she anchors the bars team, which means she goes last of the six yeah. on the bars team. And she scored that 9.95 last. And at that time before she went, they were in last place. So they were in fourth in session one. And that 9.95 brought the Gophers up a spot uh, ahead of Alabama. So they ended up finishing in third. And that helped them get 
their highest placing in program history. So for one of the greatest gymnasts to ever go through the program and to help them reach that goal or reach that placing is really, really special. Yeah, and her being a fifth year, her and uh, Anna Loper, they are both, this is their last year. They won't be returning, is that right? Yep, this this year was um, both of their COVID years. Okay. Anna was injured her freshman year, but I don't know if she would be able to get like a medical year for that. I, yeah. I don't know what the requirements are, if she competed in too many meets before she got injured, but she yeah. was injured at some point her freshman year. Yeah, or if she, yeah, like a medical red shirt. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So there's potential there. I doubt it, but the Gophers are going to certainly miss them next season. That's got to be a good meet uh, for them to end on personally with those oh, results. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Just the highest placing in program history. They both certainly played a big role mm-hmm. uh, in getting the Gophers that far, for sure. Now that men's hockey and women's gymnastics are finished for the year in our time left, in the semester for publishing at the daily you will be covering softball for us uh along with matthew kennedy our other softball reporter for people wanting to keep up with your coverage what's your twitter handle because i would say that's the best place to keep up with reporters at the daily we publish a lot of live tweeting and that's where we link all of our stories so what is your twitter handle michael my twitter handle is going to be at Mikey Line 5, which is M-I-K-E-Y-L-Y-N-E, and then the number 5. So, yeah, I'm joining Matt for the softball beat now. Super excited. I've been keeping tabs on the softball team, and it should be fun. All right. Well, Michael, thank you for being here, and look forward to seeing the rest of your coverage this year. Thank you, Anna. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right, and that has been episode 41 of the Weekly Rundown from the Minnesota Daily with men's hockey reporter Michael Line. I'm your host, Anna Landis. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned for our next episode.